By 1997, NXS singer Michael Hutchins was a legend in the music industry. The night before his band was about to embark on a 20-year anniversary tour, Michael was angry, depressed, and alone without his family. The next morning, he was found hanging naked with a snakeskin belt around his neck, dead, at the age of 37. What happened? Was it autoerotic asphyxiation? Was it Bob Gelbo? Was it Bono? This week on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, Dettos. Oh, man. Welcome back to another edition. Welcome for the first time if you're here for the first time. Welcome for the second time if you're here for the second time, or the 184th time. Yes. Hopefully you are, but we haven't even done 184 times. No, but you can listen to some a few times. Some people do that. Yeah, that would work. And you should. We applaud that. So you can get all the facts. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Hello, everybody. My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And today, as you heard in the intro, we are covering a very similar death to Mr. David Carradine. Yes. Spoiler alert. But also a similar death to Johnny Lewis. And I'm going to detail that a little bit, too, from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that's a double. That's a twofer. I like it. Mixing David Carradine and Johnny Lewis. Yeah, it's it's like a mixed drink. Wow, is that? (laughs) That's explosive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) In more ways than one. It's like an adios fucker. What do they call it? (laughs) Adios motherfucker? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, this is a crazy story, and I'm, I'm very excited to get into it. But before we do that, guys... I want to talk about the pop culture that's going on at this time. Taking us to November 22nd, 1997. In the world of music, we talked about this this song, number one. Candle in the Wind by Elton John. Yeah. Which you, ran through 97 and 98. Wow, the way you say it, it sounds sexual, actually. It's very sexual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A princess is dead and I'm horny. Yeah. The royal family has killed the princess and Elton John wrote a song about it. Yeah. And so. it's going to kill the entire year. It's going to take up the entire space yeah. on the top 100. Uh, Wasn't it originally about Norma Jean? Yeah, it was a remake. Oh, was it? Yeah. And then he appropriated it for Princess Diana. Wow. I, maybe he was inspired by Puff Daddy, like, sampling so many songs. So he's like, why not sample myself? Yeah. Well, he must have made bank off of that. He said he didn't take any money, but bullshit. Puff Daddy? No, I'm talking about oh, uh, Elton, Elton John. John. Yeah, well, with Puff Daddy, I found out this week that uh, he didn't get the rights to that song, that the Biggie song. The Sting. Uh, Every from Breath Sting. You Take. Yeah. yeah. So he owes... $2,000 a day, every day for the rest of his life to Sting. I think I heard that. There was yeah. a, it was in yeah. an interview, and Sting was kind of cagey about it. Yeah, so it's already been like $18.5 million. To oh, Sting. my God. Yes. In Sting's pocket. $2,000 a day, every day, oh. forever. Wait. I could live with that. <laughs> yeah. I could retire on that. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good for like a week. Yeah. You know? But still, I'll, I'll take the daily 2000 Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, not bad. Number two, You Make Me Wanna by Usher. You make me wanna boo 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 boo. 
Yeah, this was uh, this was the the switching two and three because number three is Leanne Rhymes. How do I live? How do I live without you? That played in like every CVS like twenty four hours a day. Every like. CVS, every school dance. Yeah, it was just oof. Trisha Yearwood recorded a version of it at the same time. Oh right, and that's the one that was in the movie Con Air. Ah, oh okay. Yes. So Leanne and- Rhymes took it over. For some reason, they were two official versions of it That's from how two they, big artists. We've talked so about weird. this in the past. That's how they used to do songs. Like, everyone re- record a version. Yeah. We'll just see who does it the best. Exactly. And sounds like Leanne Rimes did. Took the cake. She's on the uh, top three there. So what is going on with movies, Alejandro? Well, I'm going to start with number three. Ooh, switch it. Which is very controversial because you do. started with number one. Yeah. Yeah. I, went, I went front everyone. to back. You're going back to front. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Sound sexual also. I'm going ass to mouth. Oh, oh my God. Hey. All right. Get over here. This number... is 1997. Let's keep it clean. Tipper Gore's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Numero tres. The Jackal with Bruce Willis. Ah. And Jack Black has a small part of that. Yeah, he gets killed by a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> By, I, I remember he gets his arm blown off. Jack Black does. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is not a funny movie. I'm Jack. going by memory, but Bruce Willis has this crazy setup where there, he has like a rocket launcher. Yeah, it, this and movie's he crazy. Tests it on Jack Black. He's yeah. like, run. Yeah. And Jack Black is like, really, dude? You're going to shoot me? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he wants to start singing a Tenacious D song or something <laughs> yeah. to get yeah. out of it. Wonder Boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number two, Anastasia. I don't even know what this... This was the animated movie that we were talking about. They did like a troll in Central Park and all these weird like B movies when it came to like animation because Disney ran the land. People are like, yeah, movies used to be great around this time. Yeah, Yeah, Don Bluth. Don Bluth? Yes. He's the poor man's Walt Disney. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I believe this had a hot soundtrack like Whitney Houston or Mariah Carey kind of thing. Going on. Yeah. They needed anything they could to, to help this movie. Yeah. And I don't think it helped it very much. Yeah. <laughs> considering you don't even remember its existence. I don't even know it happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number one, Flubber. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, movies are great around this time. Yeah. <laughs> How depressing going to the multiplex. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see Jack Black with a rocket launcher or yeah. flubber. Yeah, there's, like, there's nothing in the movie theaters. Hopefully, like, you know, uh, Goodwill Hunting still. I don't even know if that's out yet, but, like, yeah. I thought there were good movies made in the, around this time. Nope. Nope. It was Robin Williams' hot year. Yeah. Because yeah. he had Father's Day. Yeah. And he had Goodwill Hunting. Perfect. Deconstructing Harry. Nice. And Flubber. Hell yeah. Flubber made a lot of money, and Goodwill Hunting got him an Oscar. There we go. He made a ton of cash that year. That's enough money to retire right there. Yeah. And did he retire? Well, eventually. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> he retired to the grave. Yeah, if you're on our Patreon, then you would have already seen the uh, clip of us reacting to dead celebrities if they were still with us, created by AI. Oh, yeah, that was and great. Mark's big uh, point was um, celebrities... Should die when they die. <laughs> yeah. And oh so I think what Mark is saying at this point in 1997, Princess Diana got out at a great time. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> that's my thesis. When people die, maybe they should die. <laughs> well, it made a hit single. Yeah. Hey. That's got to count for something. And we're about to make a hit episode. Let's go. All right. <laughs> Number 
Michael Hutchins. I like this music. I like NXS. Like, I thought they were like a good, solid '80s band. Um, I think I don't think they were that huge in the U.S., but th- they got there eventually. Need um, you tonight? That was their big one. Yeah, yeah. They were new wave dance rock. Yeah, and kind of snuck into the mainstream. Yeah, you still hear them all the time. Some good pop songs that kind of got pretty I, high up on the Jack charts. FM. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a good one. Here we go. This is like. Oh, I love this one. Yeah, this, this was my one. sprinting song. They had good like like Reebok ad uh-huh. music. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, our our subject today, Michael Hutchins was born Michael Kelland. John Hutchins. He was born January 22nd, 1960 in Crow's Nest, Sydney, Australia. That's very far from Boston. Yeah, yeah. not even close. Kyle was way <laughs> off. <laughs> Similar temperament in Australia though. Okay. Yeah, they kind of they kind of get crazy when they get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Um his dad was a businessman um and his mom was a makeup artist, which caused them to move around a lot. So they moved um I think they moved from Sydney to Brisbane, Hong Kong for a while. They moved to L.A. for a little bit when he was seventeen, and then they moved back to um, they moved back to um, what's it called? Uh, the the uh, Australia. Mel- they moved back to Melbourne at some point. So Those that- are some big cities: Hong Kong and Los Angeles. Yeah. We're big in both of those cities, by the way. That's yes, true. Yeah. Just to <laughs> FYI, just so you guys know. Yeah. Um, pretty introverted child, I guess. Um, he met a bunch of other shy and unpopular kids, and they started their own band when he was like 13 years old. It was called Dr. Dolphin. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. What? <laughs> no wonder they didn't have any friends. Dr. Dolphin, give me the news. I got a bad case of... <laughs> yeah, they, they all dress as dolphins. And like, you know, the guy in the bass dressed as a dolphin. And the guy drumming, guy playing the triangle dressed as a dolphin. Mama's got a brand new, brand new butthole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, blowhole. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle would be kicked out of the band because he, he can't even yell the nonsense. No. <laughs> He's using his pickup lines from West Hollywood right yeah. now. He can't even do the dolphin bits right. <laughs> he's out of the, he's the Pete Best of the dolphin bits. Yeah. He's got out a brand new butt before they get big. No. <laughs> um, Dr. Dolphin. So Dr. Dolphin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was his first band. That's like one of the, it's like your bur- first bad script or stand-up set. He just got it out of the way. You know, he kind of. Ran through it, did it, and uh, you know it didn't. They didn't really get much traction. That they didn't really go anywhere. But he was the lead singer. And so this he, is when he's in school. Yeah, in high school or whatever they call it, like secondary school or something. He's getting more comfortable. So he's already thinking about a music career at that time. Yeah, because uh, some of those huge 
rock stars weren't even doing music yeah. in school. Yeah. Oh, I just walked into the store and someone said, get a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Taught myself how to play the bass. Yeah. Um, but Dr. Dolphin actually did some small touring. Uh, they debuted in Whale Beach, which is roughly 25 miles north of Sydney, in August of 1977. Ooh, the Dolphins um, playing Whale Beach. After playing gigs for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, they... man, I saw a fucking <laughs> Dr. Dolphin at Whale Beach. The first, it's like seeing Bruce Springsteen at Asbury Park or something, his first show. Yeah, yeah. Max Weinberg wasn't there yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little too on the nose, though. It's like seeing Dr. Grizzly Bear at Redwood Forest. Yeah. yeah. Imagine you're in like a restaurant or something. All right, guys, uh, Dr. Dolphin's going to play here. I hope that's okay. <laughs> like, what like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. What did I do with my life? Then we're, gonna, we gotta, we're doing stand-up after. And <laughs> yeah. then karaoke. <laughs> yeah. um, after playing gigs for a couple of years in Sydney and then Perth, West Australia, the band settled on changing their name to NXS, pronounced NXS. Not... I N X S. Um, I N no I N X S is the way it's spelled, but it's pronounced <laughs> in excess like I N E X C E S S. I said that in college. I N X S. Yeah. I, oh, and you got beat up. I was like, "Isn't this I N X S?" And someone gave me the dirtiest <laughs> look. Oh my Get god! <laughs> it's in excess, loser. <laughs> my friend once uh, told us that he thought Nick Nolte's name was pronounced Nick Nolte. <laughs> <laughs> now that's hard to recover from. Yeah. Um, so it was what, your film professor. Yeah. And heck. <laughs> yeah. Some Nick. people are just weird with pronouncing things. They're just like yeah. on the spectrum or something. Or you just never say these names out loud. Yeah. So by the time you suddenly have to say it for the first time, like I had never said an in excess before. Yeah. So it just came out as I N X S. Yeah, you'd never know. There's no like uh, like training manual on how to pronounce band names. No, <laughs> like, the, and there's no pronunciation on the album either. So right, yeah, it's uh, some people. You know, it, they're slower to get to things. Um, <laughs> so it didn't take long for the band to gain traction in the industry. Uh, by the nineteen early 1980s, NXS uh, manager Chris Murphy helped them sign a five album record deal. Whoa! Right the, off the jump. Right off the jump, they're wow. like. Right off the flip? Hey, yeah, flipper. <laughs> Young or Dr. Dolphin. Yes. Uh, but five albums is a lot for like a small independent label to sign a, a newer band. That's five a albums? Large amount of albums. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. The Beatles only had five albums. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so the label that they were on was a label that used to be uh, have ACDC on it. So they're in good company there as far as Australian rock bands go. They love those letter names. Yeah, that's true. And like short letter like acronym names. Yeah. That mean other things. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought ACDC meant like 69 or something. <laughs> I could be wrong. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to challenge you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on. Um, while NXS released their debut album in 1980, it was their fifth studio album kick in 1987 that turned the band into global superstars wow so uh, it took all five albums i know it was the fifth one that actually made it happen so five was the magic number i guess that's crazy that music producer knew what he was doing then yeah he's like 
I think it'll take five. Yeah. <laughs> I see five. <laughs> I'm seeing the number five. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. It's like if your first or second album doesn't work, you're not even, you're booted. Like, you're immediately. done. If yeah. your first, your second song doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're done. Mm-hmm. You need a hit single yeah. right off yeah. the bat. Yep. You need that you know worldwide hit single. They don't give artists any time in any medium anymore. Yeah. You're done. Like sitcoms. This is like the Seinfeld Chronicles. Yeah, getting a few seasons to become Seinfeld exactly. in its whole glory. Yeah, and no one knows like how they Seinfeld was able to stay on for that long, you know, doing that poorly. Yeah, yeah. they were getting beat by Jake and the Fat Man, so that's a whole different, <laughs> whole different other story. Them. Um, so the fifth one, uh, Kick would sell millions of units. Uh, it would lead to sold out shows at Wembley Stadium. Wembley. I guess it, it would just it totally change all their lives like overnight. Wow. Um, that Wembley, that's a huge amount of people. Yeah, that's like... 100,000 Yeah, over 100K. Yeah, yeah, that's like Dice playing Madison Square Garden right there. That's like the biggest thing you can get. Ace holes. I Ace like how that, that's your go-to that's my for go-to. the biggest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Dice at the Garden. Well, he'd always be on Stern bragging about how he... I sold out Madison <laughs> Square Garden, Howard. <laughs> um, the big song, though, the big hit was Need You Tonight. That was their... That was the big hit that actually sprung them forward. It has that riff. Dun, dun, dun. So memorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not that I did it correctly. <laughs> yeah, I, I have chills down my back right now. But you if that. you know the song, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> uh, the only song that reached number one in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 was uh, Need You Tonight. By wow. Me, but, mm. but they were bigger in Australia and like New Zealand and Europe and stuff than they were in the U.S. But they they still did pretty good here. Um, the the band, they, they went on to tour uh, on that album. Um, and they did another hit album called X, which featured popular songs Suicide Blonde and Disappear. And we'll say S Blonde for YouTube. Yeah, oh, no okay. kidding. We don't yeah, need any right. emails. Yeah, Unalive Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get an email. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> or are you just an NXS fan? Yeah. yeah. We don't want to go in that whole rabbit hole of the beef we have with YouTube. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but we love YouTube. We do. We do. Um, and, and we love S Blonde. And we do love S Blonde. Yeah, Unalive Blonde. Um, mm-hmm. In 1992, however, Michael Hutchins suffered an accident he never truly recovered from. Mm. Yeah. According to People Magazine, Hutchins' public brawls and um, one-time open drug use led uh, London tabloids to dub him the Wild Man of Rock. So, like, Michael Hutchins is starting to get, like, so big and famous that he's like losing his mind. Like he's getting like Liam Gallagher, like Oasis level, just like, you know, you know, pissing off of like balconies and stuff and giving the <laughs> finger while drinking champagne. But probably not as narcissistic as Gallagher. Yeah, I would assume not. No, I don't think he's as as bad. I, not until this this accident happens that we're gonna talk okay. about. Okay. Um so he's romantically linked to Kylie Kylie Minogue. Oh, yeah. Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's, I guess. Uh, Helena Christensen, who was like a hot supermodel of her time. So uh, he was getting some big names. Yeah, he was. Crushing he, it. Yeah, he was uh, crushing it. Yeah. He <laughs> um, was going through all the female pop singers in yeah. the industry. Yeah. And models. Uh, any famous person in the 90s, it seemed like he was running right through them. I think he was <laughs> a, a little too young for Anna Nicole, though. 
So he couldn't get every model. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe he he missed her. He dodged a bullet there. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he didn't face paint her or whatever. Um, in nineteen in August nineteen ninety two, Helena Christensen and Michael Hudgens were riding their bikes um, at night on a street in Copenhagen. He uh, where Michael refused to move for a taxi. Who was like Michael was in the way of this taxi, but he refused to move. Um, they were on push. Like, hey, I'm biking here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm standing. Uh, he's sitting there on one of these push bikes eating pizza with Helena Christensen when it uh, when a taxi was trying to get through the narrow street, and the guy I guess didn't beep his horn or anything, but Michael clearly saw him. I bet mm. um, the taxi driver then beat him up, causing him to fall backwards on the on the bike, and Michael hit his head on the concrete. Oof. Um, he suffers a fractured skull in the whole altercation, um, and he does not even seek any medical assistance. He's trying to be like this tough guy in front of Helena Christensen, and he doesn't even go to the doctor or anything. He's got like a fractured skull. He's so lucky that did he, he got knocked into the street. Yeah, he. I think he was on the bike and he got knocked back, oh. and he like hit his. He was not wearing a helmet either, so he just hit yeah. his head directly on the concrete. And he like he was like so shaken up. Yeah. And I think he was just like kind of losing his mind, which is what happened when you get hit like that. You never want to fight near a street. No. <laughs> That's the <a> Kyle. <laughs> no, my uncle told me when I was like younger, he said he saw a guy get punched in the face in Boston, fell off the sidewalk, hit his head off the ground, and then a car ran his head oh over. Oh my God. Yeah. That's the worst thing ever. And in Chicago one time a girl was biking and someone opened up their car door mm. and accidentally hit her and she was pushed into an oncoming truck. Fuck. Man. So now whenever I'm on one of those scooters or biking, I have a fear of car doors. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, they could just knock those out and just like you're done. And in LA, half the cars that are parked have some living thing in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you the never door know could what's open going on. At any yeah. Time. yeah. There's like an, a, a person's entire life in the car and stuff, and they're just getting out. And uh, as far as his behavior, I always wonder how things escalate like that so fast. Like one minute he's hanging out with his girl, yeah. they're on bikes, and then a cab driver turns him into a pinata. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to make the case that, you know, he thinks he's the hot shit in the world. You know, which, you know, he's well known, but some cab drivers is trying to make a buck, yeah. you know, a living there. It's just like, I don't care who Michael Hudgens is. I don't, li- I don't listen to INXS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked Dr. Dolphin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it wouldn't be weird if he was a big dog. Yeah. Dolphin fan. <laughs> I'm more of an act this fan. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> so. Um, he waits several days before he goes to the doctor. So he's like, uh, you know, at some point he's like, okay, I, he loses his sense of smell and taste. Mm. Um, and he's having the girl wasn't looking. He decided to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Probably. And what kind of girl would be like, oh, it was so sexy how you didn't go to the doctor to treat your gaping (laughs) head wound. You just let, you you know, the blood come come out of your ear and nose. That's (laughs) when I knew you were my (laughs) man. (laughs) You're my Dr. Dolphin. Uh, That's the only doctor I go to is my Dr. Dolphin. (laughs) Maybe doctors didn't like him because he made a mockery (laughs) of their profession (laughs) early in his career. (laughs) The nurse comes out. um, The doctor doesn't want to see you. Why? Um... 
It's Dr. Dolphin related. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when you played Whale Beach? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 25 miles north of uh, Brisbane. Um, so this injury leads to periods of depression and increased levels of aggression. Uh, he had not fully recovered after two weeks in Copenhagen Hospital. Um, according to NXS bandmate Beers, was one of the guys from Beers. his last name, Beers. Okay, it's not his nickname? <laughs> no, no, his, it was his last name, Beers. You know why they call me Beers? <laughs> <laughs> I kick back a lot of Fosters. Oh, that's great. Uh, is Michael here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bassist tries to like, get all the chicks that are on the way to Michael. He's <laughs> trying to get something going. Yeah, I started Dr. Dolphin, you know that? I was a founding <laughs> member. I put an ad in the paper <laughs> mate um so yeah so this guy beards uh, michael hutchins brandishes a knife and threatened to kill him during the 1993 recording of one of their albums full moon dirty hearts oh boy um on the isle of capri oh, uh beers recalled over those six weeks michael threatened or physically confronted nearly every member of the band <laughs> So after this, Michael is going completely off the deep end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not good to create that kind of rift in the band, obviously. Yeah. Well, this, like, he's like a new person. It's like, it's like the devil is now inside of this person. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. What do you, for what? In Excess has a famous song called The Devil Inside. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah. You, well, you could have shared that. <laughs> I thought you, you gave were us doing too much that. credit. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were being you, clever. Yeah, you, you, you lofted that to us as if, we, uh, as if we were smart people. We're not. But there was no <laughs> wink involved. So then I'm like, oh, maybe Mark just coincidentally said that. No, yeah. I didn't, I didn't uh, remember the entire discography. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I probably should have. I mean, but it's I, six albums. Yeah, it's six albums. Yeah. Is it? Well, it took five, and then they're doing another one now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they did a couple more, but not yeah. none, none like got to the level of success that they had in the late eighties. Yeah. Um, but this reminded me. I, I was telling you guys before. This reminds me of Johnny Halfsack Lewis from uh, um, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy, who had that motorcycle accident with his head, and then he was speaking in a British accent afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Remember right. Remember that his friends were like, "What the hell is up with you, dude?" Yeah. An that immediate change in personality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it seems like was Michael Hutchins not getting into fights beforehand? This no, was, I don't was, think he. I don't oh, think he, wow. he wasn't a really violent person. Wow, I think that just set him off. Like, I think it was like CTE before they knew what CTE was. Yeah, and it's weird to get CTE as like a lead singer of a pop band. Yeah, <laughs> and not like a linebacker. Right. Exactly. Hmm. What Oof. a needless way to get it, too. Yeah. Because when a football player gets it that's their livelihood yeah. that's their ticket to the big time yeah this was just a cab fight <laughs> yeah yeah just a guy eating pizza with no shirt on like fighting for no reason yeah and to yeah. impress a girl who i assume they didn't stay together no i don't think they lasted too long well after michael is losing his mind more and more <laughs> like devolving into insanity um he strikes up an affair um with uh, this woman named Paula Yates. And Paula Yates is like a very well-known British uh, like TV personality like that does like uh, talk shows and stuff. Okay, she oh, sounds wow. familiar to me, the name. Yeah, she's like a Chelsea Handler, maybe. You could, you could maybe uh, now, but like in that, mm. you know, she's like a well-known person that does talk shows and stuff. Yeah, and she's a woman. She's a woman, yes, <laughs> and she's blonde. <laughs> um, she's actually married to Bob Geldof, 
who is if you don't know who he is, I thought he's gay. Bob Geldof? Yeah. No, he Oh no, you know who I'm thinking of? Um who's Geffen, David Geffen. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He very much is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to spread rumors about Bob Geldof. Yeah. Bob Geldof. Yeah. No one if anything, we're not gonna be disparaging the name of Bob Geldof on this podcast. They have two G names. That's where I got confused. Yeah, that'll do it to you. Okay. Um continue. So Bob Geldof, he's like if you know him in Britain, he's like considered like a, a good, you know, philanthropist. He's like a god there. Like he created Live Aid, you know, he The he, Christmas song. The Christmas, uh, do they know it's Christmas anymore? And that he, Kyle loves. Yeah. yeah, the arguably the worst uh album cover of all time. Okay. Well Kyle's not a fan <laughs> then, so we don't we know where Kyle's gonna come out on this because things get very dicey because uh he steals basically Bob Geldof's wife in nineteen ninety five. And not only that, uh, Michael Hutchins has a baby with Polly Yates, like within months or something uh, of this all going down. Like this created like mayhem in the British uh, tabloids and stuff. Everything was like everything. Their tabloid system is way worse than any other country. Yeah. If you thought TMZ (laughs) was bad. Yeah. Go read the star. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it's crazy. They have like crazy libel laws, too. And they're able to like print all this stuff. And the most vicious, crazy rumors always show up in the paper there. Yeah. Like, they're not afraid to print anything. No. Mm. And Uh, it's crazy that he would want to piss off somebody like Bob Geldof. Like a big person in the industry. Yeah, that's not... You know, that's somebody you would this like guy, to be friends with. This guy knows everyone. So Bob Geldof and Paula, when they originally got married, um, their wedding was like... The people there were like, you know, Quincy Jones, David Bowie... You know, all the surviving Beatles, the Rolling Stones, U2, maybe Hugh Grant or something. Who knows? Like, there was just like a who's who of everyone in the music industry and Hugh Grant, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Hugh um, Grant and the and and that, his prostitute. Uh, yeah, the yeah. prostitute he <laughs> yeah. picked up, Divine Brown. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I brought her with me. You know? yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Michael Hutchins just swoops in and takes this guy's wife. I guess they had like a magnetic attraction, people said. Well, um, you still should be respectful to somebody's wife. You'd, you'd hope so, but Michael Hutchins is out of his mind now. Like, he's, yeah. he's on a different level. What's her excuse? Uh, she is on drugs heavily. Okay. Oh. But she has three daughters with Bob Geldof. And then this is the fourth daughter she has. Um, with This one's with Michael Hutchins, like after she pieces out on, on Bob Geldof. <laughs> oh, boy. So on July 22nd, 1996, Paula gives birth to uh, Michael Hutchins' daughter. This is the name, I, su- I swear to God. Heavenly Harani Tiger Lily Hutchins. Just for reference, the other her other daughter's names are Pixie, Fifi, and Peaches. So they're all strippers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and Peaches died of a drug overdose. That's right. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I, I was going to, I didn't want to make Kyle feel bad, but I guess you don't mind. Jeez. Peaches got creamed. Oh. Oh, wow. Um, we're going to go to commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Peaches got canned. Yikes. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> don't get the logic of that, but we'll move on. Canned Peaches. <laughs> Thank you. Kyle is on the same wavelength over you. here. Yeah. You guys are together. I'm on my own island over yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. So she's out of her mind on drugs, and then, so it doesn't. Phase her that Michael well, Hutchins is kind of cuckoo. Yeah, she's all right with that. She's like on heroin. Like she's on heavy stuff. Like 
uh, right off the bat, Bob Geldof is like um, he's suing her for um, to get custody of all the of all their daughters. But but uh, but Paula is fighting as hard to to get them too. But like there was a cleaning person was going to through her house um, when she had all the daughters in her custody, and she found like a big bag of heroin. Like in like a candy jar or something, and she was able to do all this stuff while she was still like a TV host. Yeah, I guess she kept so. it together that much. That's I, crazy. Maybe she was taking some time off. I don't know exactly like her schedule around this time, but basically yeah. her day was uh, you know hanging out with Michael and you know having this this brand new kid Oof. and doing heroin. I I, I don't know how she wow. does any of these things. It, it it made zero sense to me. But yeah. um, crazy love they call it. Yeah. When two people just, like you said, they have that electricity together. Yeah. And they throw logic and safety out the window. So after this story goes crazy um, with the drugs in the snack thing, uh, the entire British and Australian public now hate Michael, and then they hate Paula also. Because everyone's team Bob Geldof in this. Because he's like the only sane person. And he's the Live Aid guy. Yeah. He's the Live Aid guy. Yeah. He tried to feed all of Africa with his music. Yeah. Allegedly. Music. Yeah. <laughs> he also had sacks of sandwiches. Yeah. Just throwing them out. Yeah. He was eating them all. <laughs> I'm sure he he didn't, you know. We can't have you. We can't have you. You Bob can't Geldof. have them. <laughs> um, so this is all going on like in in the late 90s now. Like this bitter custody battle between uh, these three daughters and the new daughter that Michael and Paula had together. The tabloids are like like on their ass, like following them around everywhere, like driving them insane. And I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I would really mind if, tablo- you know, if paparazzi were after me. That wouldn't be the le- least of my issues. If I'm Michael Hutchins, my, the fact that my, I can't smell her hear anything or like <laughs> like i'm having a complete mental breakdown that would be the bigger issue yeah. yeah and the paparazzi though if you're a drug addict obviously that's annoying if they're chasing you yeah of, of course yeah but he's may not even be aware that they're on him every, yeah he probably time. doesn't even know what's going on but i don't know they, they had this like stellar attraction they just yeah, loved each other and i think it was like a sid and nancy type thing where they were both like drug addicts they were both drunks they were both maniacs and they just kind of enjoyed each other's time. So In Excess is rehearsing for the new tour, which was kicking off their 20th anniversary. Uh, the new album was called Elegantly Wasted. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is me most personal album. <laughs> Wait, he's Australian. Yeah. <laughs> This me most personal album. <laughs> so you do it more piratey. SpongeBob, yeah. <laughs> a dingo came whapping at me one morning. Yeah. <laughs> the dingo ate your eighth album. <laughs> <laughs> Who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Doctor Dolphin. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a kid's band, like yeah. a kid's TV show band, like Coco Melon or something. Yeah. Put on Doctor Dolphin for the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shut him up. Um, so Michael's down there in Sydney. This is where they're doing all the rehearsing to get ready for this 20th uh, anniversary tour. Okay. And they're, they're going to go uh, do a war- world tour with his elegantly wasted album. Um, Michael's down there by himself uh, because um, 
because Yates can't come down there. Polly Yates is not allowed down there because she can't leave her three daughters in England. Because Bob Geldof got a judge to say that um, he's not letting his daughters around his wife and Michael Hutchins because they're crazy drug addicts. Mm -hmm. And he has every right to do so, in my opinion. Yeah. So they didn't. Yeah. So she has uh, uh, Michael's daughter. Um, and she she doesn't want to like leave and like split everyone up, and so she stays there. And Michael's all by himself, and he's stewing and he's depressed. He's drinking with his ex girlfriend and her boyfriend in Sydney. It makes zero sense. <laughs> he's he has dinner with. This is the night of uh, November twenty second, seven p.m. He is having dinner with his dad. After that, he goes back to his room. Um, and he starts drinking heavily with his uh, ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend. Um, it, that doesn't sound like a good plan. <laughs> yeah, he's the third wheel. Yeah, he pretty much is, but I think he's cool with that, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I think they left amicably, and uh, they're still like <laughs> cool with each other. More of a flat tire at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's... At some point in the middle of the night, he starts going nuts. And he's starts like, going nuts. I know, exactly. He's calling Bob Geldof in the middle of the night and start fucking chewing him out at like five in the morning. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. He's like, How dare you, you know, uh, you know, not let my daughter come down here or not let your daughters come down. Which makes no no sense. He's yeah. like he's like, You did this, you made me all alone. He's like a narcissist like maniac. He's like calling this guy in the middle of the night. And, like, the neighbors in the hotel room are like, dude, what is going... He, he called, like, the front desk, like, this guy's going nuts. Jeez. Do you know it's Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Michael, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so he's staying at the Ritz-Carlton, you know, very nice place, obviously. And he's like, I don't... He didn't destroy the hotel room, but he's just going completely insane. Um Around 5 a.m., the same time they call, he calls Bob Geldof, his ex-girlfriend, Kim, leaves with her current boyfriend. They're like, all right, you know, this has been fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice catching up with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, some, some of the cops afterwards were, like, questioning her, like, were you doing hardcore drugs? Was there People thought there was, like, a crazy orgy going on in the middle of the night. Um, you know, w- what was going on? And she said, we only had a couple dr- – she had, like – she said – we had six or seven drinks. We weren't even drunk. I'm like, well, that could, that could, you could be drunk off for six yeah. or seven drinks. <laughs> Sounds like someone from Wisconsin talking. Yeah, yeah but exactly. these, are, these are Australians too, so they're kind of similar. They're yeah. hard drinking maniacs. <laughs> we only polished off a keg. Uh, yeah, <laughs> piss water. <laughs> um, so the next morning, um, he calls his manager at 9:38 a.m. And he, her name is Martha Troop. And he says, Martha, Michael here, I've fucking had enough. Um, Who's she? Uh, his manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, his tour manager, a different person, John Martin, meanwhile, received a note from him that morning. It said he wouldn't be at rehearsals that day. Um, and then Hutchins then called his ex-girlfriend, Michelle Bennett. He's got all these ex-girlfriends. So not the <laughs> one that he hung out no, with. No, Kim they... was the one he hung out the okay. night before. Kim is like a mediocre actress. She's like not well known, but I guess they she was in actually in Playboy 1999, Playboy Australia. Mm. Yeah. Okay, down under. Down under. 
No, that's Hustler Australia. Yeah. <laughs> um, he calls his ex-girlfriend, this other one, Michelle Bennett. So he must have like a Rolodex of all these ex-girlfriends he calls up to hang out with their boyfriends or something. Wow. Um, he told her that he was very upset on a call at 9.54 a.m. So that's when they talked. She immediately rushes over to the hotel, to the Ritz-Carlton to be with him. Um, she arrives at 10.40 a.m. She knocks on the door, and all the knocks went unanswered. It was 11.50 a.m. when a maid found his naked body. He was kneeling with a snakeskin belt tied around um, the automatic door closer. That was also around his neck. Jeez. So I think he used like some automatic door contraption to hang himself. Yeah, can you paint that picture of what that is exactly? The door closer. Do you know, like, do you know when a door is like this? Do you know that piece of metal that kind of sticks like horizontally? It comes out of the door in the side of the wall to make sure the door is shut completely, yeah. mm-hmm. like that. It oh, was okay. like one of, so he used that to hang himself. So he didn't use like the doorknob. He used that like piece of metal that keep, make sure the door shuts automatically when you go into the hotel room. Maybe he thought himself. it was more durable. Maybe, but more stronger uh, to hold his weight. I guess so, but I, I, if he was trying to do the theory of the autoerotic asphyxiation, because that's what everyone claims with Michael Hutchins. That's, that's what, what every, he's known for. That's what he's known for. Synonymous. Him with, and Carrie Deed yeah. are known for are two people that hang out in hotel rooms and hang themselves while hang jerking out. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> couple <laughs> of hanging jerk offs. Yeah. Hanging while, with it all out while busting one out. Yay. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. There's been a lot of theories as to what was going on in this room the hours before that. Why was he all of a sudden into autoerotic asphyxiation if he was doing that? But it's very—it's a high bar to prove that he was masturbating while he hung himself. But why was he naked? Do yeah. any of his exes say that he was ever into anything like that? No. There's no record of anyone saying that he had done that before. But who also wants to go on the record and said, yeah, I did it with him. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they could at least say it wasn't my cup of tea, but yeah. he was pretty freaky like that. Well, this is what people said. His mother released a statement claiming that her he was 37 at the time, that her son had been very depressed. Um, meanwhile, Yates, the, you know, the crazy Bob Geldof ex-wife, um, she suggested that he died accidentally during an attempt at autoerotic asphyxiation. So his own girlfriend, his own baby mama, is the one that actually spread that rumor. Wow. Uh, rumor, you know, in quotation marks, because who knows? And she liked him at the time, So right? Yeah, she did. She loved him. So she had no motive to spread a false rumor no, she's to not make like him a, look bad. She's not like a spurn lover or anything. She was on her way to come down, but Bob Geldof wouldn't let them come down because of the daughter's situation. Wow. Yeah. So she's pretty much, if you're asking, hey, did anyone say that, you know, that was close to him that said he would be doing this? Yeah, she did say that. She mm. said that it was autoerotic asphyxiation, which is, does that sound better than just a straight suicide? I don't know. It shows that you weren't trying to kill yourself. Yeah. You, you were just, just trying to get one off. Yeah. Living on the edge. <laughs> yeah, living on the edge. <laughs> Literally. I mean, we touched upon this in our bridge episode. Yeah. And other times we've talked about, you know, when people take their own lives. Yeah. It is a shameful thing in some circles. And maybe, you know, trying to get off and dying from that yeah. is less shameful in some ways than actually 
wanting to kill yourself. Get off or die trying. <laughs> the newest album from <laughs> NXS. Well, that's that's definitely the title of this podcast. So we have that. Um, but yeah, he was calling everyone. Uh, you know, basically as a cry for help uh, that morning, saying like he was in a very bad place. But like, I'm wondering, as someone from the outside, like this is a guy who had a big rock band just about to do a world world tour mm. they're saying there was rumblings that after like he was done with m- this band maybe if they were going to take a break he was going to go to hollywood and do some acting and stuff mm. um and like he had tons of money in the bank he had like millions of dollars from all these albums wow. he sold like 35 million albums yeah need you tonight that's when alone. you ma- that's when you made money in the mm-hmm. music industry royalties all that stuff like it was like he had money for the rest of his life and then some they wow. were all over mtv yeah. Still yeah. played, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah, so before only... they started playing Ridiculousness or whatever. They yeah. <laughs> when they played <laughs> or music. Or Next or any of those dating shows. Yeah. yeah. So I can imagine the money he has. And so you're saying he had a lot to live for. He had a lot of things on the horizon. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I, that's what I thought. Like His only real problem was the fact that Bob Geldof wouldn't let his daughter come down or his wife come down to Australia. That, In the grand scheme of things, he's right. Yeah, because this guy Hutchins is is off his rocker. He could have just been, you know, on a whim, trying something freaky, and I think I think maybe he just wanted to feel something. And I, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he wasn't trying to like kill himself, but he like he like fucked up, and yeah. you know maybe the rope got like caught on something, and just like couldn't get back up. It's easy to fuck up. With that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so, like, insane when it happens, and then you could pass out so quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they there was a lot of work done to confirm what the cause of death was. Uh, there was a lot of coroner work here. Um, they did blood Ugh. work to see what was in his system. Uh, he had alcohol, cocaine, codeine, Prozac, Valium, and various um, benzos in his blood and urine. So that's just what... The blood test caught. He could have had other stuff that maybe they weren't looking for. So, you know, he had a lot of stuff going on there. That was just in his dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How would it even work at that point? That was a lot of stuff. The, the dick? Yeah. 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 That's probably the why he died trying. Yeah. 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 He, he lost his breath trying yeah. to get it up. Yeah. He's like, shut up up there. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get up. You know, trying to finish off here. Yeah, he's telling uh, the 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 wait staff to stop. He he definitely. I hope he had that sign out. Do not disturb <laughs> on, the, on the door. Housekeeping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just hear on the other side of the door. <laughs> Senor, um, the official cause of death was suicide by asphyxiation. The they co- labeled it as suicide. Yeah, they did. Interesting. Yeah. The coroner said that there was not enough evidence to call it autoerotic asphyxiation. I can't say that those words. Asphyxiation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um I don't know if that's an actual category on like the checklist on, you know, for the coroner's report, but um I guess it was and he they didn't the evidence wasn't enough to show that it was maybe <laughs> what is that that bar though that you have to like reach in order to get it called that? Like do you have to have a hard on? 
Yeah. Kyle, I'm looking at you. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to have semen splattered yeah. all over uh, the maybe door? Yeah. Maybe that's say. it. Maybe you have to finish. Yeah. <laughs> the inspector's like, there is no semen. <laughs> Wait, why, why is this French guy in Australia? <laughs> yeah, and then one guy's in the corner like, <laughs> yeah. That's cum. <laughs> yeah. You're cum. That's cum the- investigator. <laughs> That's how the Law and Order episode starts. Yeah. They're, like, they're about to wrap it up. Ah, this is suicide. Then yeah. someone tastes it. Wait a minute. <laughs> There's some cum. A little bit cum of cum investigator. <laughs> this week on Cum Investigator. <laughs> he's, he's licking the entire floor looking for cum. <laughs> Finally finds it. He's giddy. Like, yes. He does cum like like coke. Yeah. He, like he a, snorts puts, it. Yeah, he puts it in his gums and stuff. <laughs> he snorts it in trips. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, trust some of this cum. Hey, I've already done too much earlier. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know how they label it. If someone really, it feels like if that's really how you died, yeah. they would just assume you killed yourself. Yeah, I guess the only evidence that they really had is that he was calling people saying he was uh, depressed or whatever. So that's the only he other was thing. Clearly they had to depressed, go on. and he was angry. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I think that's a weird thing. Anybody who's able to get angry in the morning is crazy. Yeah, like, unless you're driving. Unless if you're, you're just like at home thinking about stuff and you're calling people like "fuck you," <laughs> like that's insane. I'm too tired to be that mad. Well, no, yeah. that's someone that didn't go to bed though. Yeah, yeah and true. he's on coke and stuff. Yeah, he's on uppers and downers, and he has CTE in his brain's like mush. Yeah, he can't smell or taste. <laughs> he can't even taste his own cum. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, the cops can. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> And that's the <laughs> ultimate cosmic tease. Because maybe he was about to come. He's like, all right, just a little bit longer. And then suddenly he's dead. Maybe yeah. Geldof called him back. And that's what threw him off. Like, like <laughs> He got another call in. And he's like, oh, I can't, I can't <laughs> go now. <laughs> Fucking Geldof. He tried to answer it. Went too far. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now I'd like to play crazy. a couple scenarios here. but Okay. Um, Anyway, but uh, Michael Hutchins' brother, it's always the brother or sister who have the craziest conspiracy theory (laughs) ideas. Uh, Rhett Hutchins, the brother of Michael Hutchins, uh, finds the death somewhat more complicated than they'd like you to believe. Um, He said only three things could have happened that day. uh, Michael may have committed suicide. Michael may have passed due to lack of oxygen, due to sexual misadventure, or Michael was killed. In the last 19 years, looking, searching, talking to people, I have found all three things to be plausible. Yeah. But that's saying a lot without, without saying anything, really. But killed by who? Yeah. That's why I proposed in the intro, Bono or Bob Gildoff. Oh, Bono. Could have been <laughs> Gildoff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it was just uh, he was trying to autoerotic asphyxiate and he just screwed up. That's what you think happened. That's what I think happened. And that's what 99% of society and the world thinks happened, too. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the Richard Gere and the gerbil thing. You know, it's like... It's, <laughs> it's like, hard to shake that off. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm talking about the gerbil. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shake it out. Stop running around inside yeah. there. <laughs> no, but those rumors start, and they're persistent. Yeah. and This they, is even before the internet. Every It was mm-hmm. just word of mouth Michael Hutchins did that. In some ways, it's even worse without the internet. Yeah. Because it just kind of stands then. Yeah. There's not a lot of people on Twitter 
debunking it. No. Yeah, and there's no there's no Twitter like fact checking anything that people are saying or anything. Like, so you hear that, you're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's what you tell everybody. Yeah, so maybe so your case you're making is that misinformation is better now than it was when this happened. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's interesting. No, misinformation, I think, was better then. What Alejandro was saying is more like, you know, uh, a bad game of telephone where people are just like verbally saying things and there was nothing on the internet to fact check. There's that, but I'm also saying that once you heard that, people were just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's how he died. So then when they're at the water cooler, yeah. they say, hey, did you hear about Michael Hutchins? He was jerking off. But there's no then... there's no one, no voice or reason there. Like, actually, I looked up on ProPublica and they, Snopes said, you know, it was, you know, debunked. Yeah, exactly. But before the internet was like a huge thing, every single kid in middle school or high school, and even parents, heard that Marilyn Manson took a rib out so he could suck his own dick. Yeah. Everyone knew that in yeah. every state. And like, he, how? And he was uh, <laughs> Paul Pfeiffer from Wonder Years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think if the gerbil happened with uh, Richard Gere today, I, I well, assuming it did happen, which I think it did, uh, then people would be debunking it. It wouldn't be as big of a thing. Yeah. Another one was that if the uh, gerbil fits, <laughs> <laughs> must have quit. <laughs> the non-existent case of Richard Gere. <laughs> and to keep things relevant, Elton John, who has the number one song at this time, yeah. Mm -hmm. There was once a rumor that he collapsed at a party, and when they took him to the hospital, they had to pump semen out of his stomach. <laughs> I, I've heard that, yeah. And he had, like, like gallons of it. They, I've they, seen it! <laughs> yeah, it was like a fire hose. Yeah, that, that cum investigator's like, what? <laughs> Butt draft. <laughs> I'll be taking over this case. Um. So on uh, November 27, 1997, Hutchins' funeral was held at St. Andrew's Cathedral in Sydney. His casket was carried out by the NXS members and his younger brother, that crazy conspiracy theorist, Rhett. Mm. Um, in his 2004 book, Total Excess, uh, he said that uh, Paula Yates, the girlfriend, put a, a gram of heroin into Hutchins' pocket while he was in the casket. <laughs> she was a piece of work. I would believe it if she dove straight in as they were putting the dirt on the casket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got to get it back. Well, I have an. In <laughs> <laughs> she digs him up a week later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she she mistakenly left that in the pocket. Yeah, no heroin addict is going to leave it in the coffin without going back for it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say goodbye to him that she's like grabbing all the pockets and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> While she's pretending to cry on him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to miss you so much. She's like, Whew, found it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. His foot. <laughs> I'm going to hit the uh, dusty trail. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I have a video of her actually on 60 Minutes in 1999. Was Geldof envious of Michael the rock star? It must be hard to be doing pubs when somebody else is doing stadiums. Ooh. Or was it a man fighting to get his wife back? Initially, yeah. But... It was terrible. It was just unimaginable. You got something to say or what? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Nice. And this concludes the interview. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah, she's kind of a kooky person, and so you know, she's out of it. She's out of it. Um, it actually, um, she was devastated by by uh, Michael's death. Um, in two thousand, September seventeenth, two thousand, she took an accidental overdose of heroin and she died at her London home. No way. Oh, I didn't know that. She died at the age of forty-one. Oh my god. She had a couple other like. You know, overdoses and, you know, and close calls. But she attempted suicide, actually, right after Michael died. But, you know, in in 2000, she actually died. Damn. That is just a tragic couple. Yeah, the kids. I feel bad for Bob. Well, Tiger Lily, who was the kid with uh, Michael Hutchins and her and Paula, um, Bob Geldof actually took the kid uh, under his wing and uh, took full custody of all the four Four daughters. That see, that's a really one's not even his. One is the with the guy that fu- that you know yeah. tried fucking his wife. That's yeah. a great guy right there. Now that's a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not only does he feed all of Africa, he feeds the four daughters. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, but that's a cool thing to do and the right thing to do. Mm. Yeah, I ba- would say. Right, Bono actually sang a song at her funeral. Oh wow! Yeah, he sang the "Do They Know It's Christmas." Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I believed you for a second. <laughs> He's saying we are the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uno, dos, tres, catorce. <laughs> they played fall electric. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> They're like, he's a little too cheerful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, Gel- Geldof applied for and got custody of Tiger Lily, the daughter that was not his, and uh she's very happy. But as you said, uh one of his daughters actually did die of a heroin overdose at the age of twenty five a couple years back. Jeez. Yeah. And she was a Peaches. Yeah, peaches. Um, yeah. She was famous. She was famous, you know. Um, well, you know, like in a indie way. Yeah. She was a personality. She was like a Paris Hilton type. Not not like to that extent, but like maybe a little bit a little, a little cooler classier. though. Yeah. I would yeah. say a little more rocker cred somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's sad, obviously. Very sad. Um yeah, kind of a, a sad story. They like I said, they were like a Sid and Nancy and mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, they just had a similar outlook on life in which they were just like wild people and just did whatever they wanted. And Jeez. there's a, a link that you had here that um, shows a clip of her. There was a recent documentary about Paula. Oh yeah. Put that up. Put yeah. that up too. England. She was like a firecracker. She was a maverick. She was gobby, anarchic and irresistible. The original wild child. She was bon Jovi. It just went crazy. This is a guess I want to have. The papers had to be filled, and if they were scandalous stories, all the better. This is harassment. I wouldn't change anything I've done, but I would certainly change a lot of things other people have done. Paula, a two-part documentary, starts Monday at 9 on Channel 4 and All 4. Yeah, so like wow. she was big in Britain, but I, you know, me, a teenager in the 90s, I had no clue she was. Yeah. I, she I, was I didn't, no Diane Sawyer. I just remember his... Um, you know, he's behind the music, like, after he died. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty crazy. And then the auto-erotic, that's where that came from, mm-hmm. the, the jerking off while uh, hanging yourself. Mm. And that became, like, a phenomenon in the late 90s. Mm. Yeah. Because everyone kept talking about it. 
it's all you knew about him. Yeah. From my perspective as a kid. Michael Hutchins, that's yeah. the only reason why you knew that name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. As an American, there's no other reason why a adult male should know the name of Michael Hutchins besides the fact that he, he died while jerking off. <laughs> mm. Definitely knew about that before I knew their music or yeah. even the name of the band. Yeah. I have a couple of songs on my uh, iPod of them, NXS. Nice. They're great. INXS. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't know exactly what to make of this entire story. I, I think he's just a guy that was just bored to death. And it's, he's just isolated. Mm, it's an absolute shame. It's just like same it's a thing, waste. Same thing yeah. with Keith Carradine. I think he like pissed off everyone. I think he uh, was alone working on this dog shit movie mm-hmm. that like no one cared about. And he's just like, I'm going to do this crazy thing. And maybe they like the idea that they could die for me. Because at that point, David Carradine knew that Michael Hutchins had already done this. That's the most famous case of it up yeah, until that point. Exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, he was he was all messed up, and Man. he had everything in his system. No Benadryl, though. Remember, ah, remember the Benadryl? Yeah. Everything but. Everything but. No trim spa. No, <laughs> no, trim, no ephedra. No wow potato chips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, R.I.P. Michael Hutchins. R.I.P. Michael Hutchins. And, and Paul, Peaches and Paula. Peaches and Paula. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, should we get to the mailbag? Yes, yes let's do please. It. Okay, uh, about the Robert Blake episode, the much-anticipated- A lot of people are talking about this. Yeah. A lot of people are loving it. Zoe, you know, our super fan Zoe. Z-Bartz. From Wisconsin. Yep. Yeah, The lovely out. state. Shout from out. Luck. She was excited to hear the episode while she was hungover after her birthday. Mm. But it was not delivered in time, no. so she was disappointed. Ah, but once she heard it, she said, I couldn't stop laughing over the Truman Capote impression. Capote. Had me actually showing emotion at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked the episode, Zipata. <laughs> and Paul Rosenberry wrote... Should we do a shot for him at Vitello's? Yes. Yes, we should. Yeah, do they have a, they have a bar, right? Do they have a like, straight-up oh, yeah, bar? Yeah. And I believe yeah. the word shot has a double meaning. Oh. Yes, entendre. Shot, shot, and shot. And Tiff Gordon wrote us saying that he had wanted to add to the case, saying that he saw a TV show that said that Blake had traces of gunshot residue on his hands in a small amount. And in his hair, and then when he was at the police station, he went to the bathroom three times. Okay. Damn. So, um, and then also saying the celebs and the rich are treated differently than the rest of us. Amen yeah. that. So I said, you know, we'll explore that on the follow-up. Yes. And then about the Anna Nicole episode, I'm Tiflish said, I was hoping you guys were going to do an episode on Anna Nicole. Hey. Yeah. Happy to deliver it. Had to do it. And then our new super fan, X-Tina, said, I laughed tears at the then his chin fell off bit. (laughs) 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 Laughing my ass off. I could just picture it falling into his soup. (laughs) Thank you. And then our other super fan, Samantha, said, every time Kyle has a family anecdote like Nana and the house painting porn addict, (laughs) they just sound like episodes of a sitcom that needs to exist. Season one finale, simply titled, What Went Down on Kyle's Birthday? 
Ah. All of recorded human history happened yeah. on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Just ask him. And then I said, what didn't go down exactly. on Kyle's birthday? Yeah. yeah. And then finally, we have some new patrons that I would like to give a shout out to. Let's do it. Ashley, Christine, Brandy, Tiger Lily, Afzal, Tiffany, Tiffany, Tiffany. Mac, and Rebecca. Maglug. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. sir. Thank you, ladies. Thank you all. We love you. Yeah. So they know where to find us. They're on the Patreon. Are you? Yes. Come on down. You'll get early access to podcasts. You will get extras of us reacting to different things that extras, people don't get extras. to see. Read all about it. And uh, yeah, you know, we'll let you know first when um, we're actually recording this. There are people that actually can see this right now because they were signed up for our Patreon. So if you want to see us record it live. You can. Do it live! Patreon.com slash Death and Entertainment. And sometimes we have some spicy takes. Spice! That don't always make it into the final episode. Oh, yeah. So if Too you wanna... hot for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to hear all the cancelable things <laughs> yeah. that we utter and uh, in, in take out, then you can see it firsthand. Just don't screenshot it and send it to yeah. TMZ or Send something. it to my boss. <laughs> It'll be our little secret. Yes. yes. That's right. You just went into Baldwin for a minute. Yes, Alec Baldwin's <laughs> back. My wife is from Spain. <laughs> Send us an email from Spain. We're gonna we're gonna go back to filming Rust. Death and Entertainment at gmail.com. Uh and our Instagram is Death and Entertainment. Yep. YouTube, TikTok. Same, same, same. Do it all up. Yeah. And until next time. Don't go dying on us. Bye. Bye. You have just heard a true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.